a motherfucking drama. David Geffen, you heard it here first. And it all started with the horse right here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ultimate Musical Theater Brackets Season 4, Opening Numbers. My name is Alex Schneidman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to this year's Ultimate Musical Theater Bracket Round 1. Oh, am I thrilled to be here with all of the groaning, roll-eyeing faces in front of me. Um... My name is Alex Schneidman. You, if you're here, you almost certainly know who I am. Um, but we have to introduce our three judges for this week. All three of them have been judges on this podcast before. Um, but uh, we still want to get to know them anew this year. So, uh, Mariah, why don't you go first? I'm Mariah. I am Alex's roommate. And fan favorites of the judges. I think it needs to be made clear that Mariah is not just my roommate. Marielle, what's up? Hi, I'm Marielle. I'm Alex's friend and um, also Mariah's friend <laughs> and Michael's friend. Uh, I'm, I'm here to judge. Michael? Uh, hello, I am Michael. Uh, I am Alex's former roommate. And I think by this logic, also then former lover. And Mariah and I just squabble it out as uh, the songs are sort of a metaphor for our competing affection for the host. I will say Alex and I were roommates in Scotland. So we've, we've all been roommates with Alex in some capacity. On this podcast. Wow. Okay, hold on. We were flatmates in yeah. Scotland. <laughs> we were not technically roommates. However you want to say it. funny um (laughs) okay we're doing things a little bit differently this year on the podcast we've made some changes by we i mean i have unilaterally made some changes to how this is going to work um first of all i guess and and amongst the most important changes is that the proportion of public votes to podcast votes has changed from 70 percent to 30 percent to 66.666 repeating blah 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 to 33.33333 repeating blah 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 um it's a change that i'm making for this year it might change back for next year um reason being is that if i kept it the old way about half of these matchups would have already been decided and uh, i try to keep the proportion at least close to uh what the proportion actually is between public and private votes um the podcast voters will all get in at least this first round three votes to split either way that they'd like in the matchup so they could give one song three votes they can give one song two and and the other one and so on and so forth um this year we're not going to talk about all these locks Uh, i will go through which songs have already advanced just based on the public vote And then we are going to discuss each matchup in order of how close the matchup is in the public vote. I still won't tell our panelist judges uh, how close they actually are or which song's leading, although they might be able to assume in some cases. 
Um, but that is how the order will go. So the songs that have advanced already are Alexander Hamilton from Hamilton, which beat some kind of time from Dogfight, Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors, which beat Little Shop of Horrors from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, was going to be an exciting conversation, but guess not. Um, oh, what a beautiful morning from Oklahoma beat Man of La Mancha from uh, Man of La Mancha. Ragtime prologue beat uh, opening the new world from Songs for a New World. Uh, the Circle of Life beat Live in Living Color from uh, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Good Morning Baltimore beat What Do You Do with a BA in English slash Sucks to Be Me from Avenue Q. Uh, Willkommen from Cabaret beat Bells of Notre Dame. Uh, Tradition beat Try to Remember from The Fantastics. Um, Prologue Bell beat Food Glorious Food. Uh, first one, Beauty and the Beast. Second one, Oliver! Exclamation point. Um, <laughs> prologue into the woods beat I love Betsy, which was only on the podcast, uh, only on the bracket for one such Maxwell beer. Um, magic to do beat 20 million people from um, my favorite year. I hope I get it from a chorus line beat not for the life of me from thoroughly modern Millie. And oh my god, you guys from Legally Blonde beat Rock Island from The Music Man. So hopefully at some point we'll talk about those songs um ideally next week maybe even the week after but to get us going to start us off the very first matchup we'll be talking about this year is between road to hell from Hades Town and hello from the book of mormon who'd like to go first mariah rolling her eyes i I've just seen. this is very interesting to me this is very interesting to me that we do have to talk about it. To me, I think that Road to Hell is a much more interesting opening for the story and for the like setup of the show. This being said, I will I will qualify all of my opinions with I have not seen either of these shows live. I have just listened to their soundtracks and slightly know what happens to staging because of like random Tony performances and things that people have told me. Um, but I I find Hello to be like very entertaining, but it's not. Um, as like exciting to me and then as intriguing to me as sort of like the, I've been thinking a lot about opening numbers um, and how they do so much to like answer the questions you have right away and then give you questions that will not be answered for a little bit. Um, and I think that especially doing a story with a myth in it, whether or not people are familiar with that myth, um, there is a lot to set up to say, like, this is the ending that we're all going to expect. These are the characters you need to know. These are the little earworms that that are going to be important when you're watching. Here's what to pay attention to. But to do it in a way that makes you excited about the language that the story is going to be told in. Um, and it's not that I don't, I don't think that hello is a very successful number or a very exciting number. Um, but to me, the job of the opening number has been to tell you where you are, 
tell you like the language that the story is about to be told in and answer some questions and ask some questions. And like, to me, that job is much more artfully done by road to hell. Whereas like, hello, I think it is done well, but to me, I'm like so much more excited by the Hadestown opening. That being said, never seen either of the shows. So. Okay. Some things Mariah said that I liked the language the story will be told in. Like, how do we meet that language? Something about sort of how do we like meeting the key players, answering questions that we know we already have when we walked into the theater and giving us questions to ask. I think that's a really, really smart. There's something I've been, there's a book I love called um, uh, The Secret Life of the American Musical. It's by Jack Bertel. He talks, if you're a big fan of musical theater structure, you should read this book. I quote it every year in the podcast and I read the chapter on opening numbers before we recorded today. Um, I... He talks about, and this is a Mike Okrent quote, who's a director, anyway, who was a director, says, like, openings have to get you out of trouble. Like, the, the lights come up, we're in the audience, we see people on stage, and we're all, immediately we're confused, always. So how does the show get you out of trouble and set you up, right? Like, that's the main task. My thing with Hadestown, there's much to be admired about it. I think that, like, opening, opening trombone is a really, like, exciting sound. I, I, think it, I think it sets its show up for success, sure. I just feel... And the year of our Lord, 2019-ish, I guess, when the show opened on Broadway, we are beyond the, this is this character, ha ha ha, this is this character, ha ha ha, this is this character, ha ha ha, this is this character. Who are these characters? Oh, that's me. I'm done with that shit. Like, can we get a little bit more insightful about how we introduce people to the world? It feels to me like it's an opening number written by somebody who has never written a musical, which he hadn't, and was like, we need an opening number to introduce us to the world. So like, what's the easiest thing to do? write a verse about every single character, have someone introduce them, have them kind of bow so we see their faces and we'll move on. Effective, successful, totally, just not interesting to me, like not exciting. Hello sets us up in our world really clearly, really fast. It constantly surprises us, right? Like it's literally these doorbells keep poking at us. We get more and more and more of these people coming out singing us. And then there's that buzzer and Arnold Cunningham comes out and totally disrupts the, the like gives us something a total surprise then we hear this voiceover of a, no no that's not how we do it here another surprise um so i my votes are with hello i want to go to mariel but i do want to point out that in the song hello uh the lyrics are basically hello my name is the name <laughs> of the character uh and it we just in rapid succession see the names and faces of a series of characters um, including Elder Price and Elder Cunningham are two main leads. Um, I understand they are structurally different and they are doing different things, but to speak to the point you just made, Michael, the song <laughs> is literally, hello, my name is Elder Price. Fair, fair, fair. Two, However, blah, blah, blah. My, 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 the only thing I would add to this is that those characters are actually not who we follow. Okay. Okay, I think that this matchup is a good introduction to something that I've been thinking most about listening through these opening numbers, which is that like a lot of them exist on this kind of like scale between showing and telling. So like there's opening numbers, there's opening numbers that drop you into the middle. I want to start the other way. There's opening numbers that um and for some shows, it's like the only song in the entire show that does this, that lifts the curtain between you and the audience, does direct address to like 
address the characters in the show, explain what you're about to see, like answer your questions. And then it's like, click play, the actual musical begins, the characters turn towards each other. And then they're only there with each other and you're like on the outside. But for like one second, you're involved in the telling of the story because like they're introducing you to their community. And then there's another kind of show that starts in the middle of the story. It's like the characters are turned into each other. They're talking to each other. They're not talking to you. And so Hades, so Road to Hell is very like Andre de Shields is talking to you, like every individual audience member. And hello, while they're saying hello, my name is, it the, the, the barrier's up. It's in the world of the show. Like they're saying hello, my name is to a character that is not you that is in the show. And it just so happens that like, this moment in time was a perfect dropping in point for you to coincidentally have landed inside the story, if that makes sense. I, as a person, have a slight bias towards music, like drop in musicals, because I think it's, I think it's, it places more trust in the audience to kind of like, under, like to kind of like glean the information that you're going to need as opposed to having it like fed to you. However, I will say that I think that I don't hate Road to Hell. I really like Road to Hell. But I think that I think that for me, if an opening number is going to do like the telling thing where it's like you're in a theater and I am an actor and the show is about this and this is my friend. And like, I think that it's really helpful when that number doesn't feel like it kind of breaks the pattern of the show because it's the opening number. And in Hades Town, like there's a lot of direct address throughout Hades Town, but also the, the the community of Hades Town is a community of people who you get the sense like that telling the story to each other is like a part of their community. And I actually feel the same way about the Great Comet, where it's like, it's like they're not actors and it's like these people, like you get the sense that if you came at like 3 a.m. on a Monday, like these people would still be in this world telling each other the story because it's like a part of their community tradition to do so and in that way it still feels like you're dropping in because it's like it's like you're kind of like peeking into something that already is a part of their culture as opposed to like all of a sudden like curtain open and it's like and it's like opening number you're gonna like we're gonna like open our community up to you for a little bit and then close it back up again which is not something that we typically do okay we're going to vote all right uh mariah remember you have three votes you can split them up either way my song is going is is taking the road to hell i'm assuming so i'm giving two votes to road to hell in its honor and one vote to hello because i heard some very compelling arguments michael uh i i will do two to hello and one to road to hell and mariel three votes i am i'm also going to do two to hello and one to hades town Okay, so uh, the split on this one was 51 to 49 in the public vote uh, in favor of Hadestown. But you guys split five to four, flipped the vote, and uh, hello beats Hadestown. Wow. Uh, 51.1 to 48.9. All right. Michael um, and I are on the, <laughs> we're on the hook for that one. <laughs> And I'm the people's president. <laughs> well, in this vaguely ranked choice world, Mariah, you did kind of screw it because if you had given all three of your votes to Hadestown. Yeah, that's won. true. But um, I, yeah. 
But I had to I had to vote with my with integrity. Next matchup is Ex-Wives from 6 versus Comedy Tonight from a funny thing happens on, on the way to the forum. Two very different opening numbers. Um but we do have a little bit of a similar thing where it's like, hi, we are six characters that you're going to meet and that's who we're going to talk about. Anyone have anything they want to start with? It's so hard for me to listen to songs from Forum. I, I just... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get through this, to be honest. When <laughs> I hear it start, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I, got a str- I think I got a strong... I got a strong take, I'll say. Let's hear it, Michael. Uh, I'm squarely in favor of comedy tonight. Moving forward on this There's bracket. Uh, yeah. Um, the story of how Comedy Tonight like, came into the world of Forum is a really fantastic story. And people attribute that number to the reason that show su- succeeded. And, and I think that is a story we could go into when it moves on to the next round. Um, but my thing, with, my thing with Ex-Wives, again, no shame or hard feelings to Six or any of those, any of those folks who made it who are all our age. It, but it's like... I kind of feel like if you watch that number and then you watch the show, you're like, I didn't need to see the whole show actually. The whole that number is kind of the whole thing. It like is the show at its funniest. It gives us the central conceit. We still meet all the people. It's like the show just does the opening number again, and just instead of having having giving them three lines in the opening, they give them all a song. But it's like I don't really think I learned much more at the end of the show than I did from the opening, and. It's a fun 90 minutes. I like that show. I think it's great. Go see six, please have a good time. I just think in terms of like, let's talk about ultimate opening numbers and how they sort of give you, what do they promise about the show you're about to watch and how do they fulfill that promise or break that promise? And what is that experience? It's like, I just don't think six offers us. I think X wives doesn't offer us anything or in other, in other terms to say same thing. It offers us everything. And then we're like, okay, I can probably leave. Like I did it. Yeah. I, something I'll say is, and this is not me talking in favor of comedy tonight, because as I just admitted, I can't bear to hear the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, the thing about ex-wives to me, it, in terms of opening numbers, is like it answers too many questions and does not leave enough to the imagination. I don't like I don't like opening numbers that feel like trailers for the musical, where it's like. I promise you this is an exciting show <laughs> like over and over and over again. And it's like, especially for, I feel like ex-wives suffers a little bit from the problem of where it like, it kind of like, it does the like college paper thing of being like in this paper, I will prove that this story like deserves telling in this way. And then it's like, well, don't tell me that up front. It's like, show me it. And then your closing can kind of tell me it. But I, I hate it when songs kind of like, I hate it when musicals like begin with their thesis or like begin with a thesis about like why like like de- in a defensive posture about like why this show deserves to be told about these people in this weird format that you weren't expecting so crazy it's like i would rather just skip that start the musical like watch it happen and then have space to like think about whether or not it was a really exciting show the way that the opening number like insists and insists and insists it's going to be I, I, m- I must just say also like comedy tonight is, does not do a totally different thing. Like it's also sort of like it also is like I agree. I, I think I think don't I think these songs are not um, so different functionally. I think the reason why I go with comedy tonight and this is a theme for me and because I'm only here one episode I can say it. I feel a little bit like the shows that are newer I expect more from them. Where I think there are a lot of songs on this bracket where I'm like oh, that song walked, so this song could run, so I'm giving it to the song that walked first, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I feel a little bit that way about Comedy Tonight versus X-Wise. Mm-hmm. 
Which is, that's my thinking. Obviously, think that's each everyone should think how they think. So that's how I feel. But just just can anyone say anything about comedy tonight? Because I just like this. I just this is not this is not one of like my good podcast opinions. Comedy tonight, like maybe I'm asleep. Like I just can't stand it, and I need someone just to say something so I get an opinion and can vote. I, it was written intentionally to be. Um, filled with like stage gags and like physical humor and Jerome Robbins who came in to sort of save that show told Tom to write a song that wasn't complicated so that he could be impressive on stage and the lyrics wouldn't get in the way huh. but I would say sometimes sort of like viewed him because the, the whole the whole last last like Landovers and it all rhymes and it like accelerates that way like that is sometimes like not being able to resist like being kind of sly and punchy yeah um and so I think I think there's something about I would say the 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 number is successful in putting us at ease immediately the show ends up being more clever than the opening sets up yeah where on the contrast I think sick sets up an opening that is more clever than the show ends up being hence the imbalance yeah there is something about comedy tonight that doesn't feel like earnest in the way that X Wives is. Okay, so uh, we're gonna vote, uh, Mariah. <sighs> okay, no, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give two votes to X Wives, even though it's contradictory to how I feel. And one vote to comedy tonight. Okay, uh, Michael. I'll give all three to comedy tonight. And Marielle. I'm going to dive off the cliff with Michael and give all three to comedy tonight. So, X-Wives, this one is 53 to 47 percentage split. Uh, X-Wives defeat comedy tonight. You guys splitting votes 7 to 2 in favor of comedy tonight. Push uh, comedy tonight onward where unfortunately it will meet into the woods prologue uh another sondheim fave okay uh our next matchup is between the old red hills of home from parade and aquarius from hair michael you directed parade i did and i'll be voting for it tonight totally there are there are some shows, there are some songs, you know, I, I, I'm, I generally like to be pretty formal about like my rules and my like, what do I think it does? And does it sort of like, is it textbook perfect for the thing? And, and for some reason for this bracket, particularly, I feel much more like uh, some, there are some shows that there's some numbers that I think should win because I don't, and I don't know why they should win. I just feel that they should. And I want them to win because I want us to spend time like talking them through in the coming rounds. And I feel that we're better with this of home. Um, I, I guess what what it, what is it doing generally, right? It's like it's introducing us into sort of a world. It's putting us in in context of like our sort of geopolitical context of the show, the story of Bretetel. And essentially, it's like if the conflict of the show is going to be Leo Frank against the people of Atlanta and like the sort of like Southern culture heritage, like it introduces us first to the thing we're probably going to have a harder time getting getting along with. It's like. To try to, to Mariah, you text me about this. I do think it's like to try to endear us to like Dixieland culture. Like it's to sort of be like the people, the the thing that these people are fighting for for this young boy is so precious that he's like saying bye, farewell to Lila and carving her name in a tree and like taking all he has and going off to war. Then we're gonna flash forward into the present moment of our story. We're gonna see this man who's now like lost his leg and he's still singing the song of his like cultural heritage. And we're going to then meet 
um, essentially a state. We're going to meet like the state of Georgia in 1911. 1911. And then we'll meet a protagonist in the next beat who is in direct opposition to this culture. And therefore we will then have conflict. And I forgot this other song I'm supposed to talk about. So I don't even, clearly I don't care. Oh, Aquarius. Oh yeah, Aquarius. I feel like Hair is one of the shows that like has no structure. So it just feels like they wrote a bunch of songs. They're like, which one should go first? Aquarius. You know, there's some like the dawning of a new age. There's some sort of like opening newness vibes in the lyric, but I wouldn't say it like, it just is a vibe song. It just gives us vibe. I think that a lot of opening numbers have the like, welcome to our community vibe and they do it in a different in different ways but I, I i think that like one of the best techniques for like a welcome to our community song is to do what jason roberts brown does which is kind of like survey the community for like relics that in themselves like 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 he's going to present to you like a piece of evidence or not a piece of evidence but he's going to present to you like like an example that says something larger about like the community that he's writing about mm-hmm. Yeah, I I texted this to Michael the other day. I, the old Red Hills of Home is, I'll say, suspiciously long to me <laughs> uh, in terms of duration. I was I hadn't thought about it in the way that that you just talked about Marielle of like it's kind of like a subver- a subversive way of doing like the welcome to our community opening number, um, and I think like there is something even before you get to the the end of the show there is like a very and I'd be very interested in in someone who knows more about music talking about what this specifically is there is something like very sinister under that sort of like chorus call that everyone does yeah later on um also have a bit of like a problem with it that I'm not going to talk about now because I don't think it's worth talking about now but would like to talk about later um I will say with Aquarius, I I think Hair is like such a messy musical. I think you have to do, I think you have to do a lot of work to to make it a story <laughs> that is worth t- that is worth telling in the moment with the songs that it has and the char- quote unquote characters that it has and the script that it has. I think I think there's a lot of work that has to be done by the people doing that to fill in the blanks. Um, in a way that makes me doesn't, in a way that makes me not love it so much as a show. All right, everyone, let's vote. Mariah. I'm going to give two to Old Red Hills of Home, and I'm going to give one to Aquarius. Michael. I'll, I'll do the same. And Marielle. Mm. I found Mariah very persuasive. I really do like Age of Aquarius, and I found Mariah very persuasive. But I think I'm going to do the same. Two to Old Red Hills and one to Aquarius. Okay, so this one was split 54-46 in the public vote um, in favor of Aquarius. And with you guys voting 6-3, it flips. uh, And the final tally is 53-47. to Good. Uh, moving on to another JRB musical, uh, up against another musical that a lot of people's parents like, is 13 Becoming a Man up against Summer Nights from Greece. Hey, I have something brief to say, which is just that I, I'm a little torn on this one, but I, I do think that um, 
it's not fair. I, I, I personally don't think it's fair to judge opening numbers based on like how much they accomplish plot wise, because then it's like songs that are 15 minutes long are always going to have an edge. Cause you're like, look how much they accomplished in the opening number. And it's like, that's not really, it's actually not at all to me. The, the, I, I, I don't really have a lot of like, I don't, I don't feel the way that I felt about I want songs about opening numbers, which is that like, I don't actually have like a checklist of like things that opening numbers need to accomplish for me. Um, and so the fact that 13, that 13, like pushes the plot way forward and like covers a lot of ground doesn't give it an automatic edge over the significantly shorter, but like arguably vibier summer nights. Um, just something to think about. Mariah. So yet again, in the podcast, I'm simping for 13. <laughs> I'm all in. And here's why. Summer nights, I love it. I put on a little pink jacket and sang it in my sophomore chorus recital. But I I think 13 is such a fun opening number because it, it does give you a really quick glance and I would say a really efficient way of like, here's why this character, even though this is like not an original plot at all, here's why this character is dropped into these circumstances and like, here are the things that he's worried about. And I think that doesn't, it does it efficiently and like artfully for what the style of it is. So I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of consensus amongst the group here. Um, I think we could just go right to votes. Michael, do you want to add anything? I just got one thing to say. This is very important. I've been going to pick with you, Alex. Mm-hmm. At the I end, know what this is gonna be. at the end of the pre-episode, Alex defines the opening number as the song that goes first. Now, listen, buddy. I don't know if this is true because the podcast, the podcast, Summer Nights being an example, posits that an opening number is not necessarily the song that goes first. It is what you deem to be the opening number which is perhaps different than the song that goes first. Summer Nights happens about 10 minutes into the show. There's already been music. There's already been a long scene. And then there are Summer Nights. I'm curious why, and this is a context for future judges and everyone to discuss, like, why do, what energy does that song have that makes us think it's the opening? But it is not. And while I'm here, I am not voting for the second song. I am voting for the song that goes first, which is 13, Becoming a Man. So... In in just to defend myself a little bit, I do not believe that in that podcast I necessarily define an opening number as the song that goes first. I do say that all musicals need to have a song that goes first, but the song that goes first is not necessarily the opening number. Um, frequently, there's something called an overture, which is a different bracket for once I run out of ideas. Uh, so, <laughs> So just the idea of sitting down and listening to five hours of (laughs) (laughs) sounds like my favorite. Sounds like the best time I could ever spend. Count me in. Okay, let's move to votes on this one. Um, Mariah, I'm giving all three to Thirteen Becoming a Man. I I want this to be her year. (laughs) Michael, I'll give all three too. Take take up take them all. And Marielle. I am giving two to Summer Nights and one to Thirteen. I do, lo- I do love Thirteen, but I, I, I also love Summer Nights. So, uh, for the fourth matchup in a row, you guys have flipped the public vote. 
Summer Nights beat 13 in the public vote, 54 to 46. With seven of your votes going to 13 and two of them going to Summer Nights, uh, it ends up being about 56 to 44 percent in favor of 13, which will meet Prologue slash Bell in the next round. Now, moving on to the next matchup, uh, we have Everybody's Got the Right from Assassins against Big Bright Beautiful World from Shrek the Musical. Is anyone surprised that this one is close? That's the first question I'll start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, for me, it's, and I, I, I think other people will speak more passionately about what that song does well, which is not, I, I, I don't have a crazy attachment to it. I think I'm more in the camp of like, I don't really, I have a hard time. I, I tried watch, I never saw Shrek on stage. I tried watching the Netflix of Shrek maybe 10 times in my life and never got through the opening number. <laughs> and I love musicals. I love them. I would rather watch a musical than a movie like any day. I could not get through the first 10 minutes of that thing. So that is why I'm saying I'm all in on all assassins. And I think that assassins, although it doesn't really have a plot, but does have a very intentional structure, I think really, um, really, really seduces us into the world of the show in a very different kind of way. In a way that I think is very successful. And in a subject matter that's hard to be seduced by. Where Shrek, you already have your audience on your side, and yet you kind of let us down in the first beat. I will add very quickly that I don't think there's anything wrong with Big Bright Beautiful World as a song, except I think like I, I think a big problem with Shrek is it like over justifies uh, the characters a little too much. Like I think that the 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 book and the movie do enough for us to understand like this is why they care about people and like this is why they want the thing that they want. I feel like the musical adds a lot of like plot and like extra scenes and extra moments that we don't need and that actually kind of cheapen the moments, like the big moments of change for the characters in a way that is like unnecessary and undercuts the really successful moments in the movie. And so that's why I'm not voting in favor of it because I actually think it does something that makes it a worse adaptation in effort to make it better. Do we think we could vote? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mariah. Um, I'm actually going to give all of mine to everybody's got the right too. Wow. Michael. I'll, I'll do that. I'll go. I'll send all three. Okie dokie. And Marielle. Yeah. I'll have what they're having. Same. Wow. <laughs> uh, this time you did not overturn the public vote. Um, it was 54 to 46 in favor of everybody's got the right. Um, but with your, uh, nine total votes accounting for 33.3% of this pie, uh, the t- final tally is 70 to 30, which is quite large. Um, next week, everybody's got the right. We'll go up against, oh my God, you guys. Now we're going to move on to a matchup that, uh, has gotten a lot of, of, uh, press, so I'm going to read some comments to you from the crowd and you, and you'll know which ones they are once I once I read them. So this says, honestly, I don't love sound of music, but I have a vendetta against fugue for tin horns and it must be gone in round 1. That's the first of three comments. The next comment says, I got the horse right here. If fugue for tin horns loses this matchup, I'm quitting. 
And the third comment says, a lot of people aren't going to like Fugue beating Sound of Music, but it's undoubtedly the better song. So there are some very strong opinions out there about these two songs. Um, we got some big Fugue for Tin Horns heads out there who have been very vocal to me in my DMs. We're still early in our matchup, so it is relatively close between these two songs. But uh, have at it, guys. I, I just don't know where to start. I'm uh, I'm curious if someone has a, a take that would be fun to start with. Okay. Is Fugue for Tin Horns good or bad? Because who are these people? So here's what I'll say. I am very endeared to Fugue for Tin Horns. The first words I ever said on a stage in my whole life were, his name is Epitaph. He's winning by half, according to this here in the Telegraph. Okay? <laughs> and that set my life on a journey. I... I'm not, I am not going to vote in favor of Fugue for Tin Horns, but I'm going to give it a vote um, because I do think, I have done a lot of thinking about Sound of Music lately, and I think it is a very, very good song that I didn't like before, that after I listened to it a few times, really love and think does something very beautiful for its show. Uh, but I, I think Fugue for Tin Horns, so like, I've been thinking a lot about like, why is Fugue for Tin Horns the opening? Why did, why? And other than like openings for shows used to be weird. I think what it does, it did in its time and like does a little for the show now is like, there's kind of this like boring, like moral debates in the show of like, do you be pious and love God? Or are you a dirty little gambler? And I think that, I think that, right? There's, is there that is the something like morally in, opposed. In <laughs> I wouldn't say so. <laughs> but I, I think that like, I think what Guys and Dolls has to do as a musical is remind you why that stuff is. Why, why the gambling and the little devilish things are so fun and so enticing. I think Guys and Dolls has to do a little bit of like, but isn't it fun to gamble? And I think that Fugue for Tin Horns is, a, is an easy palette, um, like easy for the palette to begin a show with of like, and isn't it kind of fun to gamble? Marielle? I do. I love Fugue for Tin Horns. I do think it's good, even though the people don't matter. I don't think that opening numbers need to introduce any protagonists to be good openers. Um, however, I, abs I absolutely love the sound of music. I think that I do. I, I think that the sound of music is like a uniquely courageous opening number for a show that has the responsibility of introducing like an incredibly specific fraught and complicated moment in history. I mean, the show is about like the sweep of history at a very like specific point in um in Aust in Austria in, in 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 its in its community and it like absolutely refuses to bend to the like welcome to our community, welcome to this year, welcome to the brink of history. Instead, you know how Mariah talked about like songs teaching you the language of shows? I think that the sound of music teaches you to listen for a quiet theme in the sound of music that won't resurface until much much later michael if you got anything to add feel free but if not we can vote all right let's vote mariah lorraine two for sound of music one for epitaph <laughs> michael 
Let's do two for fugue and one for music. And Marielle? I got to back my girl. I'm going three for Sound of Music. Okay. Those fugue for Tin Horns evangelists will have to be... <laughs> will have to be silenced in this moment uh, because Sound of Music defeated Fugue of, uh, for Tin Horns in the public vote 59 to 41%. Um, and you guys basically matched that proportion. So it ends up being uh, winning 62 to 38. N- moving on from musicals that take place in the first half of the 20th century and to musicals that debuted in the first half of the 21st century. Uh, let's hear about No One Mourns the Wicked and Just Another Day from Next to Normal. I hate both of these numbers, and I would like someone else to begin. I don't really care about this matchup that much. <laughs> well, then we can we can go quickly to votes. If um, Michael, if you'd like to to throw something in, uh, I'll, I'm 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 really feeling. Uh, just another day on this one. I think the Wicked opening is sort of bad. Going back to my friend, the book writer, about like getting you out of trouble, he points out very astutely that in the first 10 minutes of Wicked, we are in three different times, like three different places, 30 years apart. <laughs> like it's like, where it's are so we? Confusing. What's happening? And it's so abstract. So you're you really are like, you're really like, you're not in any less trouble than you were when you started. I really, I think, I think the wizard and I really saves Wicked. Like I think it kind of like puts us on the course with our protagonist in a way that the opening definitely obviously does not. And while you could say the opening, like you need the opening to juxtapose with Wizard and I and sort of bring us into the world appropriately, I sort of find that it is just like a I th- I don't know. I don't I think I think I I don't think that show could have a different opening. I think Just Another Day is like, does what Next Normal does best, which is sort of like, we are showing you this sort of illusion of this perfect family, but we're giving you enough holes to poke through that you sort of sense a little bit of danger. And at the very end of the song with the, I will keep the plates all spinning and the sandwiches on the floor and the repetition, you're like, oh, what this whole window shield is now cracked. All right, let's vote. Mariah. Um... Honestly, I'm giving all three to just another day, a song I don't like because I hate No One Mourns the Wicked truly so much. Michael? I'll do two and one. Two to just another day and one to No One Mourns the Wicked. And Marielle? Okay, I think I'm going to do two to No One Mourns and one to Next Normal. So, uh, No One Mourns the Wicked won this matchup in the public vote 60 to 40. Now, what that translates to, whether you really care or not, is it in the cumulative vote, that means that No One Wants the Wicked has about 40%, and uh, and Just Another Day has about 27%. Take your last 33% and split it up 11 here and 22 there. 40 plus 11 is 51. Therefore, No One Wants the Wicked defeated... Just another day, 51 to 49. Uh, so far, our closest matchup of the night. All right, next up, we've got Mama Who Bore Me Reprise from Spring Awakening against Prologue Chain Gang from Les Miserables. Who cares about this one? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh uh, we have over 170 <laughs> votes on it. Whatever they want. They can have this one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it so much we do have a couple more to get through so we got to be wary of time but 
I mean, we can go right to votes if we'd like. <laughs> no one seems to have anything much to say, so why don't why don't we just go right to votes, Mariah? Three for Mama Who Bore Me, Michael. Um, I think I'll do two for Les Mis and one for Mama Who Bores Me. Who bores me? <laughs> Okay, and uh, Marielle? Two to Mama Who Bores Me and one to Les Mis. <laughs> so you basically fell right in line with the public vote. The public vote was 61 to 39% in favor of Mama Who Bore Me, um, which will go up against tradition in the next round. We, we go on to Queenie Was a Blonde from the, the Dua Lipa Wild Party. Um Against four Jews in a room bitching from falsettos. <laughs> By um, Dua Lipa also. The vote split here is a curious one. Um, but uh, why don't we start with Michael? Because I know Michael has been a falsettos head the entire time. The, for the last four years I've done this. And I'm sticking with it. I'm, I, I would love to talk to people about why four Jews is a successful opening number for this show. I have no really good reasons. I just know I think it is. And I think because it, it intrigues me and is sort of is surprising and different and sort of strange, um, much like the show it comes from, I think it is worth keeping the conversation. Um, I find uh, Queenie Was a Blonde to be rather forgettable, um, though I, I, I'm not super passionate about this matchup. Mariah, are you thinking something? Um, it's it, It's been very hard for me to like contextualize falsetto songs like with the few numbers I have seen and like know the staging of and like the little I know from the story. So I'll say that. Um, and I love, I love Lip a wild party. Um, it is really fun and it's really exciting to me. Um, and all I'll say is I don't think this is the best opening number in the world. Um, this is another opening number that is, this is this character, this is their personality trait and like, here's what they're going to do and here's what the problem is. But I, I like opening numbers like that in a show where like wild party feels very much like a bottle episode of TV of like, you don't really see these people outside of this like pretty small chunk of time. And I think it's actually really important to buy into wild party, like the story of it to hear these like pretty stark descriptors of like, this is who this person is. I, I, I think you could say, like, it doesn't really matter that Queenie's eyes were gray and her lips were coals aglow. But I, I think, like, understanding, like, the quote-unquote vibe of these characters and actually giving them rather static traits is very important to buy into the conflict of the story. Ariel? Um, I'll say quickly that... Um... Queen is a, is a blonde is the thing that some opening numbers do where it's like characters will start talking about themselves in the third person and then the opening number stops and it never happens again. And I, I think that's strange, but I, I don't think it's always bad. Like I think that, and I don't always fault shows that's open with characters introducing themselves because I think that sometimes it makes sense if the character is like inclined towards like self mythologizing, if that makes sense. Like it sometimes can tell you something as an audience member that like, this person is like, like cares about having a say in like the, the mythology of their life essentially. And I feel that way about Queenie was a blonde. Like it seems like a song that she, that like that character would write about herself. Um, 
And I don't feel that way about all opening numbers because I think some of them are just like lazy when it's a character being like, hi, my name is. But um, but that's, but I, I like, I kind of like Queenie Was a Blonde. This is another example of, of a song almost kind of like the Hades Town, where the group is introducing these characters as opposed to, hello, I am this character. Um, I'd like to move us to votes. Mariah. I'm giving two to Queenie and one to four Jews. I feel like two I can't say Jews. that. <laughs> Those those four Jews only have one vote between them, Mariah. Uh, Michael? I'll give the Jews two votes, and I'll give the blondes one, which is consistent <laughs> with much of my life. <laughs> um, Marielle? I'm voting with Mariah. So, so two, that's, two, two, yeah. Queenie, and one, two, plus Okay. So, here's a question. The split on this was 62 to 38. Which way do you think it went in the public vote? I've been burned before, so I think it went in favor of Queenie. It did not. Whoa! It did go in favor of Falsettos, which I am very surprised by. Um, It was 62 to 38 in favor of uh, the Jews. Despite your 5-4 split in favor of Queenie, uh, four Jews proceeds to the next round, Michael. Um, with a, a total cumulative win of 56 to 44. Where, where, where were you all during love songs? Where were you? <laughs> I needed you so bad in love songs and you were not here. Maybe because I, I also automatically assumed that musicals that Northwestern has done have an edge. Yeah, no, that's a, fa- it's a fair assumption. And that's my, that's typically my assumption as well. Um, but it was not the case in this one. Okay, moving on to a matchup that has stirred up a lot of uh, fervor, which is between the prologue from Natasha Pierre and the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Now, I want to address that I did put this matchup on Instagram and got a lot of comments about why uh, it ended up being favored towards uh, Spelling Bee, uh, which was not what I was expecting. The general gist most people have given me um, is that Spelling Bee does a better job of emotionally introducing us to these characters in a way that sets us up for their story than Natasha Pierre does. Uh, Whereas Natasha Pierre, we get a little bit of like a listicle song. 25th Annual, we get something of a listicle, but we get a little bit more depth with each of them. So that's the general vibe from the public. Um, Marielle, it appears as though you disagree with that sentiment. Yeah, I feel very strongly in favor of Great Comet. Um, And I think that this is an incredible example of a show that does the like introducing character by character, direct address to the audience, like pretty like, like easy, easy opener that I find incredibly justified because this does feel like a group of people for whom part of like their community is like dancing together, like in service of this story. And I also think that it's like, I really, I really like this, the the way that they kind of like essentialize 
the characters into like tropes that that obviously are going to get complicated as the but I, I I like that first of all I like that the song is structured like in a way to like like literally help you memorize who each character is like I like this like chant where it's like we say it we repeat it everybody says it about everything and it like kind of goes in a line like a theater game I think that's like very clever um and the the minority of people who preferred Natasha Pierre in this matchup are certainly the more vocal bunch. Mm. Uh, although, Michael, I know that you uh, disagree with Marielle's opinion to some extent, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, Marielle, it's exactly what you said earlier. It's like the show don't tell thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for me, Kurkama is all tell, no show. To me, spelling B is much more show don't tell. I, I always prefer a show don't tell, which is why I'm squarely in the spelling B camp. I am also usually in that camp. Like to me, when I can't choose between, when I couldn't choose between songs, I always found myself going to the show song and not the tell song. Always, always, always. It's part of the reason why I actually like a little bit prefer No One Mourns the Wicked over the next to normal opening. But I think that, I think that my frustration with tell songs, it, is a little bit because of like it, sometimes because it feels like there's a better way that this story can be told mm-hmm. and it's like they just chose the easiest possible way like the way that would require like the least amount of like clever thinking and of like writing through plots and so it feels like when it feels like a shortcut it irritates me but I don't feel that way about Great Comet I think that the way like the 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 way in which it's told is like a successful way of telling the story specifically i think in this case it's not laziness but it's like choice but in a lot of cases it's laziness mariah i'm just gonna say a quick thing about both shows i will say in favor of great comment because i love i love talking about adaptation in the podcast because i think it's actually really important for understanding like why are things there and i think that you cannot have as many like woo woo (laughs) moments in great comment and like freedom with lyrics and freedoms with solos um, for this like very specific Russian story, unless you give people a little bit of structure. Like I, I think there are moments where the audience is smarter than you think they are. I don't think a beginning of a a show with a concept like this is one of those moments. Totally. What the quick thing I'll say about 25th annual is I always remember it. The opening as more exciting as it is. I wish it had a slightly different orchestration because I find it a little bit stale. Like, I think if you asked a hundred people to write an opening number for spelling bee, like 85% of it would be incredibly close to what it is. (laughs) And I don't think that's the case with Natasha Pierre. All right. We're going to vote. Mariah. Two votes to Great Comet, one vote to Putnam. Michael. Two for Putnam, one for Great Comet. And Marielle. I'll go three to Great Comet. Wow. Wow. So Spelling Bee ended up beating Prologue in the public vote 63% to 37%. Uh, And despite your votes being split two to three, uh, Spelling Bee still comes out on top, winning 53 to 47. Spelling Bee moves on and destroys my prediction bracket. Next up, we have Mysterious Ways from the Color Purple against Opening Up from Waitress. A sigh from Mariah. A, a, a sigh of, of, of sadness, it appears. Yeah. Why the sadness, Mariah? 
I here's what I'll say for this, and then everybody can talk about both songs. It is so rare in the musical theater canon that there is actual gospel music written by actual black people that is good and honors the genre and does beautiful things to the show. I love the opening to this show. I think it is such a, it just like has that sound of like my grandma getting me for church. And also this idea of like, I don't know how I feel about Christianity anymore. I grew up in a mega church, but I love gospel music because there is a part of it that feels um, both very uh, like ritualized, like an obligation and also something that, and at the very same time feels so ethereal and so much like possibility and potential and like what, what could be. And I think with like the story, I think it, it 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 using this number to open the story has the balance of both of those of like these are the circumstances that you are bound to that are not going to change um, of your do of others doing and also of yours and what if something changes with that and 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 like you the hope of that changing is not crazy that's just a lot of words to say that like. I don't think it's going to have a long life after this, but like, I love this song so much. And I don't know this show like crazy well to like speak to it in the ways that I have for, for others. But like, that is, that is why I love it. Muriel. I, in this case, um, I, I do like opening up, but I think that, this is a good example of a like two sort of like welcome to our community songs. One of which is like pretty front facing. It's like Jenna and her friends explaining to you what their life is like very beautifully and like concisely and effectively, like what their life is like inside the diner. And the color purple starts with the cast turning kind of into, even though they're facing the audience, it's like in towards one another. It's like, they're never singing to you. They're singing to each other. And in fact, like, doesn't it start with the two girls like playing mm-hmm. a game with each other? It's like, I will almost never pick a song that starts out versus in because I think it's braver to introduce your the community with a, the wall up, still up between the characters and the audience. It's harder to do that. It's more effective to do that. And the color purple does it beautifully. I think opening up is great. It's very standard to me. Michael, do you have anything to add or do you want to vote? Ready. Mariah Lorraine. I'm going to give three the mysterious ways, even though I like opening up. Fair. Michael? Uh, I'll do three for mysterious ways because there's also a song that goes before opening up. Mm-hmm. There is. I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad someone else did. And Marielle. I'm all, I'm also going to do three for Mysterious Ways. Okay. So, opening up, defeated Mysterious Ways in the public vote, 64 to 36. Uh, but with nine votes uh, for Mysterious Ways, completely flips. Uh, and it ends up winning 57 to 43. Okay. 
Next up is uh, a very interesting matchup between the Jet song from West Side Story and the dance prologue from West Side Story. Uh, as we are getting later in the podcast, one of these songs vastly you know, outperformed the other one in, in the public. Um, you might be able to guess which one it is, although you might not. Uh, so let's hear, hear it for one of these songs. I think it's it. I think the dance is the dance is the story. And if you, if if it was curtains, curtains up on the jet song, it would be disorienting. I, I have a sense that everyone is kind of in consensus on this one. Um, And I, I have a sense that you are also in consensus with the public. So Mariah, what are your votes? Three to the prologue. And Michael. I'll send three to prologue too. And Marielle. Same, three to prologue. Okay, so uh, prologue won uh, 65 to 35 in the public. Uh, With you guys, uh, it all, all, you know, the math maths, and it becomes 77 to 23, which I think might be our biggest win so far. That makes sense. Uh, That that doesn't, isn't including one of the, uh, the locks. Next up, we've got Beautiful from Heathers against Maybe from Annie. That's a big one. This is a big one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it the votes went where the votes went in the public. So how big can it really be, Mariah? I I love maybe, but I don't think the reasons that I love maybe are due to it are due to it being an opening number. I would like us to vote, Mariah. Too beautiful one maybe. Michael. I'll do that too. And Marielle. Same. Okay, so that's six to beautiful, three to maybe. Um, That's just about the breakdown of how the public votes went. It was about two-thirds to one-third in the public vote in favor of beautiful. Um, So we finish there with 66 to 34%. uh, Beautiful moves on to meet Skid Row, which will be a, an early heavyweight matchup. That's a great matchup. That's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be, that might be the first one we talk about next week. All right, moving on to another one that's about two-thirds to one-third in the public vote. We've got Rent from Rent against Still Hurting from the last five years. Two opening numbers doing very different things. Uh, one of which is actually the first song of the show, the other of which is not. So Still Hurting is indeed the first number of the last five years. What happens uh, in Rent before Rent? In Rent, there's like three phone calls. There's like, there, there's just, a lot of opens on a monologue and scene happening before we actually get to, we're not gonna pay. Um, take with that what you will. Uh, but I think you probably have a sense where the public fell on this one. Something I think that's fun about this, I've been thinking about this recently, the last matchup, and I think it's, I'm thinking about it right now in this, of like, what's fun about opening numbers as a concept is that you have to flash back to like the first performance of this musical that ever existed ever. Like, imagine that you walked in without, there was no YouTube, you know, there was nothing. You just, the first thing you got was this number. And it promised you something, you know? And, like, imagine what it is to sit in that audience and hear that first thing. 
and I and I think for both these songs, they're both surprising. Like you walk this two person chamber music, and you hear just this sort of like slow chords, and and out walks Lauren Kennedy, and she sings "Jamie's Over" and "Jamie Is Gone." There's something really fun about starting with this monologue that's like we're in the East Village, and that that rock band. I mean, I I'm like that's awesome. That's kick ass. You know, I think I think I'm leaning in that direction. This isn't relevant. I mean, I, but I I cannot never get over the idea of being somebody's ex and like watching your ex imagine the pain that you must have been in when you guys broke it, like I, I would kill him I would kill him. I would have killed him and I it irritates me so much about a lot of types of media but this is like a perfect example of like a breakup musical written by like this guy who just like clearly didn't understand his partner and it irritates me to no end a person who does that might write another opening number from the perspective of the South in the Civil War. And I'll get to that next week. <laughs> All right. I think we can vote here, uh, Mariah. Uh, honestly, I'm giving three to Rent. Uh, Michael? I'll give three to Rent, too, even though it breaks the rules. No, sorry, I'll do two. Two to Rent and one. That's still hard. <laughs> Okay, and Marielle? I'll go three to Rent. Okay, Uh, so Rent won this one, again, about two-thirds to one-third. With eight votes to Rent, it wins cumulatively 74 to 26, where we'll meet Mysterious Ways next week. Uh, Next up is a not especially close one uh, between Welcome to the Rock from Come From Away and uh, Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats from Cats. I said this to Alex the other day. I think that Jellicle cats and Welcome to the Rock are actually kind of like the same song. (laughs) And I think we're ready to vote. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Somebody say something. Can I say something I like about what... what, I I think I'm voting for Welcome to the Rock, and one of the reasons I like about it is I think it is obviously... what one of the welcome songs, right? Like, and I, I think especially in the, in the past 10 years, welcome songs are pretty lazy. I'm not really about them. What I like about it is it, 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 it zips us into plot pretty fast, actually. Like, within the first 30 seconds, it's like, here's where I was on that day. Like, it doesn't spend a lot of time in, in stasis. It spends actually a lot of time in intrusion. All right. Mariah, what are your votes? Um, three for Come From Away, I Hate Jellicle Cats. Michael? I'm going to go two, Welcome to the Rock, and one for Jellicle Cats. And Marielle. Okay, I'm actually going to do <laughs> two to Jellicle Cats and one to Come From Away. So uh, Come From Away won this one in the public 68 to 32. Uh, you guys being split six to three makes it uh, win about 67 to 33. So about two thirds to one third. We have. We have four remaining uh, matchups. Let's let's start with the ballad of Sweeney Todd against We Dance from Once on This Island. I mean, people aren't gonna like this, but "Attend the Tale of Sweeney Todd" is a telling song. Like I think about that Lincoln Center. No, uh, what's the Lincoln Center production where they all come on in binders and then they swing all the binders off the music stands? I love that. I think it's thrilling, but it is a song that 
is apt to be sung standing at binders and that's why the disruption feels so so funny um but that's just that's just me it's also a trailer song where it's like the show you're about to see is really good and exciting totally does the Valdo Sweeney Todd do the inverse thing that comedy tonight does where it's like it's <laughs> basically like taking ah his skin was pale and his eye was odd he's a scary guy oh my <laughs> god and then for comedy tonight it's like don't worry it we're, we're just hanging out it's it's fine some opening numbers you can just tell that they loved the musical but they were like okay how do we open it and then they, it was like this annoying thing on their to-do list that they just like were annoyed by do you know what i mean and then some are like really intentional um and i think that stephen sondheim seems like he was annoyed by the idea of an opening number i'm always struck by his how many of his opening numbers are t- title songs like almost all of them are title songs i think i'm leaning towards we dance because i love the line but if the gods move our feet, dun, 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 dun. And what I mean by that is it's like, there's a sense of trouble on the other side of the song. There's this little glimpse, this little foreshadowing moment of like, the stasis will, will be broken. Okay, let's vote. Mariah? Two for We Dance, one for Sweeney. Michael? I'm the same. And Mario? I'm the same. So, unfortunately... Uh, the public voted 68 to 32 in favor of Sweeney Todd. Uh, and the three that you guys gave it was not enough. Uh, sorry, the six you gave to We Dance was not enough to, to flip the vote. Um, and Sweeney Todd wins 57 to 43. Next up is another Sondheim. We've got Sunday in the Park with George against In the Heights from In the Heights. I'll tell you. It's not that close. I'll say that I, I think that In the Heights is the best example of the thing I was talking about with a different opening where it's like somebody narrative, like somebody introducing you to their community, but in a way that doesn't feel like it's like a shortcut to an opening number, but rather that it's like a part of their like self-mythology that's going to become an important part of their character. It's like Usnavi's mythologizing and storytelling about his community is not this like blip that they dip into for the like conveniently for the opening and then forget about. It's really, really central to who he is. It also does a great job of establishing the ensemble as like an ensemble of like collective yearning, which is also something that I think that We Dance does very well. Okay, so I'm sensing consensus on this one. Mariah? Um, I'm actually going to give two to In the Heights and one to Sunday. Michael? Uh, I'm going the same, two, two to In the Heights and one to Sunday. Uh, Mario? Same, same. So uh, In the Heights won this one in the public, 71 to 29. Uh, and you guys vaulted over. Uh, so the cumulative tally is 69 to what's that, 31. Now we get into two matchups that would have been locks under the old system, but are not. First, we have uh, Company from Company against Bikini Bottom Day from SpongeBob SquarePants. I can go first, if it's okay. I'll say that I was poised to hate Bikini Bottom Day. You know me. I had my knives out for that one. I was like, there's no way I'm letting this song be Company. Not not if I'm in the room. And I will say, kind of hats off to those people. Like, that's a pretty incredible... It does, first of all, it covers a ton of ground, perhaps too much ground. But it, what I like about it is it does 
it gives us world building. It g- introduces us to a bunch of people effectively, um, but also gives us enough about our protagonist and enough of like an I want song quality in our protagonist that we are able to jump on his ride. And I think especially people who were who did not were not necessarily fancy the characters prior to that show, like like saw the musical as their introduction to the world of Bikini Bottom. I think it actually is extremely satisfying and it's really fun and bouncy. Sort of what Marielle just said about Usnavi's position in the Heights, where where his narration and mythologizing of that community is part of his character, that is very SpongeBob. That is like SpongeBob's whole thing is is how much he loves Bikini Bottom. Um, and becomes and in both those shows what what the show is about. It becomes about saving Bikini Bottom, where Usnavi then the Heights becomes about like is he going to leave his post as the mythology of the community, and that is the conflict in some ways. That's a crazy connection. I'm not sure I would have ever made if we did not talk about those back. That's back. cool. Bikini Bottom Day could have been written with SpongeBob going, "I am SpongeBob. I love to work. This is my friend. He's stupid." And like, but what you act, what actually happens in the song is you watch their relationships and how they interact with one another. And I love in Bikini Bottom Day how characters are introduced by who they're paired with. Because they're never, aside from maybe like Sandy, they're not really like coming out in a vacuum. They come in like moments together. That's a good point. We're going to vote. Okay. Mariah. I'm voting with my heart, even though I will, I pretend I'm voting two votes for company. Because that's also how I feel. But I'm doing two bikini bottom day and one for company. Michael. I'm doing two company and one for bikini bottom. And Mariel. I'll I'll do two company one bikini bottom. Okay. Uh so company did win this matchup in the public 72 to 28. Uh you guys also gave company the win. It wins 66 to 34. Moving on to our final matchup. Uh between how to succeed from how to succeed in business without really trying. And all that jazz from Chicago, most recently uh, produced at the Ethical Culture of Bealston School, music directed by one John Schneidman, former guest judge of the pod and older brother of your host. Anybody have any, anything to say? Um, I hate the melody of how to succeed. <laughs> all right, let's. Let's vote. Mariah. Um, I'm doing three to all that jazz. Michael? Um, all that jazz. Yeah, three. And Marielle? Three to all that jazz. Uh, so, uh, if one person in the public had voted the opposite way, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, but they didn't. So, all that jazz won the public vote 74 to 26. You guys vaulted over to 83 to 17. Uh, now going through and listing each matchup for the next round, we have Alexander Hamilton versus the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. We have Beautiful versus Skid Row. We have uh, the Ballad of Sweeney Todd against Oh, a Beautiful Morning. The Sound of Music versus Ragtime. Uh, the Circle of Life versus the Old Red Hills of Home. Good Morning Baltimore versus Welcome to the Rock. No One Mourns the Wicked versus Company. 
uh, four Jews in a room bitching versus Vilkommen, which also includes Jews in a room bitching. Um, tradition versus Mama Who Bore Me. Uh, rent versus Mysterious Ways. 13 Becoming a Man versus Bell. Comedy Tonight versus Into the Woods. Uh, Magic to Do versus Hello. Uh, In the Heights versus All That Jazz. Uh, prologue of West Side Story versus I Hope I Get It and Everybody's Got the Right versus Oh My God, You Guys. There are some good ones in there. There are good ones in there. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's pod. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you, Mary Ellen. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. And uh, go vote, everyone. It's going to be another thrilling week of musical theater conversation. Thank you.